We human beings know that we have a dilemma and there has to be a solution. Do we need rehabilitation or do we need recreation? If you choose the right one, you automatically get the other. Find out on this episode of Discover Your Spiritual Identity. It's time to discover your spiritual identity with your host, Mike Shree. There are hundreds of names and titles given to God's people that powerfully reveal who you are, why you exist, and what your purpose is in this world. Each one pulls back the veil of a different aspect of who you are in Christ. Once you learn these names and titles and apply them to your life, you will rise up boldly to be all that God has called you to be. Are you ready? Here's Mike Shree. We human beings all know that something is terribly wrong. We have a lower nature that woos us toward the dark side constantly. And prior to salvation, we feel overwhelmed by life. We feel confused. Who am I? Why am I here? Where am I going? We make bad choices and suffer negative consequences. We get advice all the time. Just become a positive person. Get rid of negativity. Turn over a new leaf. Make a New Year's resolution. All of that is rehabilitation. And the word habilitation means to make fit. So rehabilitation means to get fit once again. So we need to be fit, but fit for what? Fit to function as a human being the way God intended us to function. Well, how does that happen? We don't need rehabilitation because those who go through program after program tend to revert to the old way. We need a recreation, and that's exactly what the Bible promises. That's what Jesus promises, and that's what I'm here to testify to you that I have received, and you can as well. Let me give you the foundation scripture, 2 Corinthians chapter 5. Verse 17 says, if any person, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. All things have passed away and behold, all things have become new. If any person is in Christ, he is a new creation. Well, how do you get in Christ? Very simple. You come under his headship. You come under his lordship. You surrender the reins of your life to him. You say, it belongs to you now, Lord, be head of my life. And he accepts you into this thing called the mystical body of Christ. It's not an organization. It's an organism connected to the resurrected King of Kings and Lord of Lords. And when you come into that position in Christ, so much is transferred to you. In fact, the Bible says in Ephesians chapter 1, verse 11, that in him we have obtained an inheritance. And part of that inheritance is exactly what I'm going to talk to you about tonight. The renewal that is promised on a constant basis, on a day-to-day -day basis, on a moment-by-moment -moment basis, but I'm getting ahead of myself. Let's first talk a little bit more about the wonder of this position in Christ. You have so many scriptures that use the words in him, in Christ, in Jesus, that talk about this treasury of this inheritance 
that we've obtained. The Bible said we have this treasure in earthen vessels. And when we accept the Lord Jesus Christ, it's like opening up a treasure chest and realizing I am rich beyond description because of what has been transferred to me. For instance, one scripture that uses that phrase in Christ is Romans chapter 8, verses 1 and 2. Therefore, there is now no condemnation to those who are in Christ, who walk not after the flesh, but after the Spirit. For the law of the Spirit of life in Christ Jesus has made me free from the law of sin and death. See, in this world, we're constantly being hit with death-dealing blows, mentally, emotionally, spiritually. This is a place of death. It's called the valley of the shadow of death. But when you receive Jesus into your heart and you are in Christ, a new law kicks in. The law of sin and death is what rules your life before. And that law is summed up by James. He said, when lust is conceived, it brings forth sin. And sin, when it is finished, brings forth death. Inevitable. Because all human beings err, all human beings sin, the stalker called death is constantly on their trail. But that law is no longer the one ruling your existence if you come into Christ. You switch kingdoms. You're no longer a part of the kingdom of darkness. You're part of the kingdom of God. And in that kingdom, there is an opportunity to link up with the Holy Spirit that is called the spirit of life. And the spirit of life abides in you. And that word translated life is zoe, which means divine life, God life. And so the God life, the divine life that is deposited in you at salvation renews you in attack after attack after attack of death-dealing influences. The life of God in you is stronger than the death that is outside of you. You're not only going to survive, you're going to thrive if you learn what you are and who you are as a new creation in Christ Jesus. Isn't that fantastic? Now, when did this happen? When did you become a new creation? Well, the first time you were created is when there was a conception that took place. Your mother and father came together in marriage, or they came together in a union that produced an offspring. You were that offspring. That was the first time you were created. A soul was deposited in you, but unfortunately, your spirit was dead in trespasses and sins, and that only increased as you grew and as you aged. There was more influence towards sin in your life. But then when you came to Jesus, this happened. Titus chapter 3 verse 5 says, Not by works of righteousness which we have done, but according to his mercy he saved us, by the washing of regeneration and the renewing of the Holy Spirit. Watch those two words, regeneration and renewing. And this is not just a one-time experience. You're going to find out it is a constant thing you have access to, a constant source of this divine life 
that is battling against the death-dealing influences in your life. Listen closely now. Not by works of righteousness, which we have done. In other words, that's rehabilitation. You decide, I'm going to be a better person. I'm going to make better choices. I'm going to quit all this negativity and be positive in my outlook. All of that has value, but nowhere near the value of what happens in true salvation. When you're born again, that phrase born again is not really understood by most people because the word translated again is the Greek word anathen that actually means from above. It's translated from above other places in scripture. And when Jesus said you must be born again, he was really saying you must be born from above. Your first creation came from below. Your second creation or your new creation came from above. And that's when you were regenerated. The word generated means to be created, to be brought forth. Well, you were regenerated at the moment of salvation. Fantastic. And the Bible says it's a washing that takes place. You and I went through the washing of regeneration so that we could become brand new individuals in Christ with a new outlook, a new heart, a new love, a new desire. Our desire for God now is stronger than our desire for the world because we've had our inner being reshaped, remade, recreated. But it's called the washing of regeneration. And there are four ways that God washes you in this initial regenerative process and on a moment-by-moment basis after that. First, we're washed by the Word of God. Ephesians chapter 5, verses 25 and 26 says, Husbands, love your wives, just as Christ also loved the church and gave himself for her, that he might sanctify and cleanse her by the washing of water by the Word. So just like natural water cleanses your body, so the Word of God, like water, cleanses your soul and cleanses your mind. Then, 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verses 9-11 through 11 says, Do you not know that the unrighteous will not inherit the kingdom of God? Do not be deceived. Neither fornicators, nor idolaters, nor adulterers, nor homosexuals, nor sodomites, nor thieves, nor covetous, nor drunkards, nor revilers, nor extortioners will inherit the kingdom of God. And God didn't say that to condemn people that are caught in the web of that activity, but to tell them there's a way out where you can be made a whole person. Then Paul went on to say, and such were some of you, but you were washed. There the key word is, you were washed, you were sanctified, you were justified in the name of the Lord Jesus and by the Spirit of our God. So now there's two more influences that wash you. You're washed by the Word, washed by the Spirit, and washed by the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Those three things. Finally, there's one other influence that washes us. Revolution, yeah, it is revolutionary. Revelation 1.5 says, 
that Jesus Christ is the faithful witness, the firstborn from the dead, and the ruler over the kings of the earth, to him who loved us and washed us from our sins in his own blood. So, here you go again. You're washed in the word. You hear the word of God preached. Somebody presents a testimony to you. They present the promises of God. That washes you. And then you call on the name of Jesus. The very mention of his name washes you. And then the Spirit of God flows into you and quickens you within from death to life and washes you clean of all that uh, bondage to carnality and bondage to sin. And then the blood of Jesus Christ washes you. And not only are you forgiven of your sin, that sin is blotted out of existence as if it never happened. You're justified, cleansed, legally of all guilt, just as if you never sinned. Those are the four influences that the Bible speaks about that work together to present us holy unto the Lord when we go through this experience called regeneration, which is recreation. See, God doesn't just tell you, measure up, buddy. You got to start living better. He says, I'm going to produce something in you supernaturally that will give you the capacity of living better. In fact, Ezekiel chapter 36, verses 26 and 27, prophesy of this coming new covenant that would provide this incredible kind of experience. Listen, God said, I will give you a new heart and put a new spirit within you. He didn't say, I'll fix up the old damaged one. He said, I'll put a new spirit within you. I will take the heart of stone out of your flesh and give you a heart of flesh. Instead of being hard and insensitive and rebellious against God, a stony heart, God says, I'll give you a heart of flesh, a heart that can feel conviction under the presence of God. You feel a sensation of what is morally right. Your conscience is cleansed. You desire to please God. God said, I will take the heart of stone out of you and give you a heart of flesh, a sensitive and sympathetic heart toward other people too. Then God said, I will put my spirit within you and cause you to walk in my statutes and you will keep my judgments and do them. See, God says, I'm going to put a compelling force inside of you that's going to enable you. It's going to make you fit. That's what habilitation means, to make fit. And rehabilitation means to make fit again. But rehabilitation happens automatically after recreation happens. Then you are made fit for God to dwell in, to flow through, and to have a relationship with. But God said, the way I'm going to do it is I'm going to give you a new spirit, then I'm going to put my spirit in you, infused with your new spirit, and I'm going to cause you to walk in my statutes. None of us should take credit for any kind of holy life that we may be able to live once we become believers because it's a supernatural gifting of God. Think of that. It's part of this new creation promise. If any man be in Christ, if any woman be in Christ, if any person be in Christ, those individuals are a new creation. No wonder 
you get a new name in heaven because Mike Shreve is not really the name of who I am eternally. The new creation man has a new name. And the Bible talks about that in the book of Revelation. Now, listen to the most phenomenal scripture I have to share. 2 Corinthians 4.16 says, Therefore, we do not lose heart. It would be easy to lose heart when you go through all the ups and downs of life. The downs more than the ups could cause you to lose heart. In fact, David said, I would have lost heart had I not believed to see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. But even though we face tribulations, temptations, persecutions, disappointments, we do not lose heart. And listen to the next part. Again, it's 2 Corinthians 4.16. For even though our outward man is perishing, the inward man is renewed day by day. See, when you got saved, when you received Jesus into your heart, bam, immediately you became a new creation. But that new creation becomes another new creation and another new creation with every passing day. And I would dare to say with every passing moment because this creative spirit of the creator now lives inside of you. And you're not just washed one time. What if you took a bath one time in your life physically? That really wouldn't be sufficient, would it? And God doesn't just bathe you or wash you one time the moment you commit your life to him. It's a daily ritual. It's a daily ritual where you're washed in the word, washed in the name, washed in the spirit, and washed in the blood. In fact, this is going to blow your mind if you stretch it out to embrace this concept. Did you know that your heart beats about 100,000 times a day. Can you imagine that? What if you had to count that in order for it to continue? 100,000 times a day, your heart is pumping. Why? Because it's pushing blood through 60,000 plus miles of blood vessels, arteries, microscopic capillaries, in fact, your blood system, if it was stretched in one line, would stretch around the world two and a half times at the equator. That's a mind-blowing thing if you think about it, that my circulatory system could stretch around the world two and a half times at the equator if that was possible to do without me perishing, of course. Uh why does God have our human body set up that way? Because every individual cell has to have a constant blood supply. We breathe about 22,000 times a day. And when we take in that breath, the blood captures the oxygen. And as it's pumped through our circulatory system, it rejuvenates, it refreshes, it renews every individual cell. As the blood flows by each cell, toxins are removed from the cell, and life-giving elements are infused into the cell, like the oxygen we breathe and the food we eat, so that there's a death and life struggle on a cellular level going on moment by moment with every passing second that's going on inside of you. 
whether you confess it or not, whether you declare it or not, it's going on. It's a subconscious action of the human body. And just like God has set that up subconsciously in the physical, he has set things in a similar kind of order spiritually, but subconsciously. You don't have to confess every few minutes, the blood of Jesus is flowing through me. I'm being made new all over again. It's happening whether you confess it or not. As soon as you're in Christ, you're linked up with the body of Christ and the blood and the spirit and the name and the word are flowing through you constantly. No wonder no weapon formed against you shall prosper because the weapons of our warfare are mighty through God. There's nothing the enemy has in his arsenal that can conquer what God said he would do for you. No wonder Ephesians chapter 4 verses 22 through 24 says this, put off the old man which is corrupt according to deceitful lusts. So that's a choice you have to make. Quit living in that negative mindset that you had when you were an unsaved person, bound by depression, bound by discouragement, bound by lust, bound by fear, bound by guilt. All these things produce bondage in your life. But put off that old man, which is corrupt according to deceitful lust. They're deceitful because they entice you and you think the lust of the world will fulfill you. And once you indulge, it destroys you. So put off the old man, which is corrupt according to deceitful lust. Be renewed. There that key word is again, because renewed means made new all over again. Be made new in the spirit of your mind. So you and I have got to start thinking right, thinking the way God wants us to think, because our thoughts are very important in guiding us into our inheritance. We have to believe to receive, but to believe we have to conceive. We conceive the truth in our minds, then we believe the truth and we receive it and it manifests in our lives. Okay, be renewed in the spirit of your mind. And once that transition takes place in your thinking, once you start saying, I am a new creation, I'm a new creation in Christ Jesus. I am the righteousness of God because Second uh, Corinthians 5.21, the same chapter, says God made him to be sin for us who knew no sin that we might be made the righteousness of God in him. So I can't, I can't become any more righteous than the righteousness of God. So all the righteous acts I do could never get me to that place I arrived at as a gift in Christ. So why do I live righteous? As an act of worship back to the God who made me righteous when I was born again. See, this is so incredibly difficult for some people to wrap their minds around, but it's right here in scripture. Listen to this. Be renewed in the spirit of your mind and put on, like you're putting on a suit of clothing, put on the new man, which is created according to God in true righteousness and holiness. So the moment you were recreated, regenerated, born again, the hidden man of the heart was created righteous. It was created holy. And that status 
and it's more than a status, it's actually a possession, is renewed day by day. Right here, it said it, that even though the outward man is perishing, the inward man is being renewed, made new all over again, day by day. So every day you're saved, you're born again, again. And then you're born again, again, again. And then really every moment you're born again, 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 again. It just goes on ad infinitum. No wonder no weapon formed against you shall prosper. I have two closing thoughts. This is not going to end with us just being changed inwardly. It's going to end with us being changed outwardly. The ultimate goal of the new creation is to envelop the flesh as well and to change us in a moment in the twinkling of an eye into glorified eternal saints of God. But we are the first fruits of something God is doing universally. Listen to 2 Peter chapter 3, verse 13. It says there's going to be a new heaven and a new earth. And there that word new is a new heaven and a new earth. Well, when is that going to take place? In the book of Acts, we find that Jesus said to them, assuredly, or rather in the Gospels, he said to them, Assuredly, I say to you, that in the regeneration, when the Son of Man shall sit on the throne of his glory, you who have followed me will also sit on 12 thrones, judging the 12 tribes of Israel. And Jesus was talking to his disciples, but he was talking about the inrushing of the kingdom of God, the ultimate outcome of this whole plan of salvation, God's kingdom on earth again, and he called it the regeneration. So not only are we regenerated, The world's going to be regenerated. The universe is going to be regenerated. And James chapter 1 verse 18 says we are a kind of first fruits. In other words, we are the first portion of this regenerative process that will eventually envelop the entire cosmos like flaming fire and change it into the perfection that God wanted all along. And that starts with you and I becoming a new creation in Christ Jesus. Thank you for listening to Discover Your Spiritual Identity with Mike Shreve, a podcast designed to cause a spiritual awakening in your life. Be sure to subscribe on iTunes, cpnshows.com, or wherever you listen to podcasts so you don't miss new episodes. You can go deeper into this amazing revelation of the names God has given his people by getting your copy of Mike Shreve's book titled, Who Am I? Dynamic Declarations of Who You Are in Christ. We also invite you to visit our website, shreveministries.org, and sign up to be part of our global internet family, a group of on-fire believers who are bold to proclaim, I am who God says I am, I have what God says I have, and I will be what God says I will be.